You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. Welcome to Digital Noise. We're back again. This time, Joe is joining me. Hello. How you doing, Joe? I'm covered in boils, Chris. Oh, God. Just covered in boils. Is it yeah. one of the plagues? Is it, I got boils in my eyeballs. Is it the end times? Uh, it's for me, definitely. Have, have you seen locusts or frogs around? No, just boils. Just they're, boils? They're on my eyeballs. Seems like they're doing that out of order. Well, you know, you get some, you're good. Okay, fair enough. I don't have any boils so far, so I guess don't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to give you big hugs. No, no hugs today. But um, hugs, uh, metaphorically, for you coming over and joining me to do all these Blu-ray and DVD reviews. Before we get started, thanks to Oscar Blues, our beer sponsor. You guys know the drill. Or at least you should. Haven't you gone out and tried Oscar Blues beer yet? It's so tasty. I, myself, am partial to the uh, uh, to the old Chubb, which is uh, their Scotch Ale, because mm-hmm. it's super dangerous, like 9% yeah. alcohol. Mmm, tasty. Oscar Blues, it'll get you drunk. <laughs> well, it is beer. So, you should always drink responsibly. No question. Unless you're, like, totally at home and safe and have people around you to make sure you Well, drinking responsibly means using a koozie. Come on, guys. Safe <laughs> drinking. <laughs> but uh, if you are not buying them in the can, and you can get them in the can. They're the first craft brewery to do it with their delicious Dale's Pale Ale. You can go to one of their brew pubs where you do have to drink more responsibly because driving is involved. No, just get a, a DD. Well, yeah, or get someone who's... No, yeah, like you, because you can. Yeah, get somebody on antibiotics. Yeah, there you go. covered in boils. <laughs> um, they have locations, two in Colorado, one in North Carolina, one in Austin. You should check them out. Their beer is great. Also, thank you to your the subscribers out there. You know who you are. And if you're not one, well, then you don't know who you are because you're not a subscriber. You'll never really know who you are. Wow, that's existentialist. Like. I, I know, right? <laughs> I don't feel like you'll really understand yourself until you become a subscriber to oneofus.net. And then... All will be made clear. Yeah, so do it. All will be made clear that you're helping one of us.net stay alive. It is you guys as subscribers are the reason we can do this site at all. And without you, we can't do the site. It's just that simple. Please think about becoming a subscriber. There's lots of bonus content in our forums there for you. Lots of like weekly new podcasts of all sorts of stuff. In fact, we're just getting ready tomorrow to record our episode of The Gathering, which is our big party podcast, which is like three hours. It's like three podcasts in one. So, bonus. And if you've listened to more than three episodes of anything on the network and you haven't donated, then you're going to be covered in boils. Yeah, the FBI is waiting outside your door right now. With a boil bag. I mean, they can't do anything to you. They're just going to shake their head and, and, and walk away. Well, they'll take up parking. Yeah, there you go. All right, well, let's get started and check out the reviews, starting off with one of the big releases this week, one I did not actually myself see in the theater. I sent some other folks to go see it. I believe there was something else screening the same night that I went to see instead. Probably something not as awesome. Uh, well, that, I guess, depends on your viewpoint. Uh, this is Pacific Rim Uprising, or Pacific Rim 2, 
Guillermo del Toro, not really involved except in the loosest possible way as a producer. Here they brought in television director Stephen Esten Knight in his feature film directorial debut and taking place several years after Pacific Rim now with John Boyega playing the son of Idris Elba's character from the first one who when we first meet him is uh, well... Does not have a son. (laughs) Yeah. He's dealing with a world that has still kind of picking up the pieces after the shattering of the last major kaiju attack. He lives in a half a mansion <laughs> and he and he goes around with various other people to places where Jaegers, uh, uh, the giant robots, have fallen to steal and salvage parts from them, which is dangerous in and of itself because it's illegal to do. Mm, but, and, and, you know, capacitors. Yeah, sure. Whatever you can find, right? Maybe old pornos. Who knows? Oh, man. You gotta Jaeger do something porn. when you're on a Jaeger, you know? Yeah, Jaeger porn's pretty great. Um, while he's there, Steve Stealing one of them, he meets a uh, small girl named Amara Namani, who is kind of a uh, Jaeger building prodigy for a preteen. <laughs> yeah, she's she's a, a spunky little Spitfire with uh, an engineering thumb. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> an engineering thumb. I didn't know that was a thing you could have. It I is just now. had a natural feeling for <laughs> that. That only happened in the X Men. <laughs> yeah, she's Bishop, <laughs> right? Or uh, what's his name? Not Bishop, uh, Forge. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Forge. Uh, anyway, so they both get arrested by uh, the Pan Pacific Defense Corps, who are the ones who basically organize all the Jaegers and everything, and are forced to come in as new recruits. Um, what we, is revealed at that point is, in fact, uh, Jake Pentecost which is the, the name I did not say previously of John Boyega's character, was already part of this program before and apparently was kind of a badass, but uh, backed out of the, uh, continuing on. Yeah, because of daddy issues. Uh, unfortunately, his uh, th- their sort of his old co-pilot and partner who they, he used to co-pilot the, the famous Gypsy Avenger Jaeger with is played by Scott Eastwood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, oh, man, the, that paper bag sure did. Say stuff. It's the one guy who can make Jai Courtney look like a good actor. <laughs> uh, and they have an animosity going on, but regardless, it's bringing back a few recommend, uh, recognizable people like uh, Rinko Kikuchi, who plays Mak- Makamori, who was the former pilot of Gypsy Danger, uh, who has sort of a friendship relationship with him. Um, and what's his name? Crazy, uh, crazy scientist Bern Gorman is Dr. Herman Gottlieb, and Charlie Day is Dr. Newton Geisler. And as it goes along, you're like, okay, so is this just what? Kind, it took a little while to be like, wh- is this just a training montage of a movie? But then it's like, oh wait, oh there's something's happening, <laughs> and and it's what is happening is is that there's evil kaiju showing up and attacking people. Oh, oh you mean evil Jaegers? I'm sorry, evil yeah. Jaegers. Yeah, evil robots showing up. Well, evil, you know, it's like. <laughs> they have ill intent for something know, that should be a machine. I don't know what Nietzsche would say about that, but I think it's a little beyond. <laughs> Nothing because he's dead. Good or evil. <laughs> yeah, he would just go. And and you'd go, what do you mean by that? And then you'd be arrested for digging up a corpse. Well, it's a weekend. <laughs> sure, why not? Um, and then, uh, you know, I, I felt like this didn't really take off at all until, for me until it gets to stuff with, like, Jaegers and and uh, evil Jaegers and um, uh, kaiju sort of like bonding into super Jaeger kaijus, which yeah, I was like, well, yeah. that's different. But this movie is like not very well written. No, it's not very well acted. 
But it sure is pretty looking. Well, so, okay, so I liked this movie so much that I had realized I never got Pacific Rim on Blu-ray, uh-huh. so I ordered it and watched it. Wow. Uh, and even though it's it's better graphics, it's still not as pretty as the original Pacific Rim, I think. Like, the, it's, it's just not as impressive. Like, the scale isn't as impressive. The Jaegers were kind of cooler, but uh, it's, it's, it didn't have the same impact that the original did, I mean, for I sure. That's, I th- felt like the impact from the original was largely just because I cared a little bit more about the characters <laughs> than I did about these kind of non-characters. Well, I forgot here. that Charlie Hunnaman was... Uh, was in the original, and I was like, oh, that guy. <laughs> yeah, and he's the weakest link here, I feel like. I mean, they're, they're it's almost like they're like, we're not really sure what we would even do with his character. And Wait, are they, we talking about Charlie Day? Charlie or? Day, yeah. Oh, no, I was talking about Charlie Hunnaman. Uh, oh, oh, Charlie Hunnaman. In the original, sorry, yeah. yeah. Right. But Charlie, no, Charlie that, Day. That was a mess, too. I'm just like, the way he plays into the plot is so like, oh, right, then. This is... <laughs> This is just kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah, well, it was, it was just, oh, we gotta, we gotta have conflict from somewhere, huh, guys? Uh, but it just took the form of Charlie Day. But, but I will say, like, at least in the first one, a lot of people, you know, popularly complain about how dark lit everything's at night. It's like, why isn't, why can't we actually see what's going on? This one, almost all the fights are in broad daylight. And I think that being said, they look pretty good. Yeah. I mean, there's some, there's some solid, especially Jaeger versus Jaeger fights going on here. And, yeah. Like, and if all you're watching a giant robot, uh, kaiju film four is cool fights on the whole this delivers yeah i mean it's it's definitely not a great movie but i still really liked it okay fair enough i i, I mean i i didn't i didn't come out of it going well that was a complete waste of my time <laughs> but at the same time i was like i'm never gonna be watching oh this but so scrapper is the the little itty oh, bitty yeah. robot that the, yeah. the the wonderkin builds and, but I did have flashbacks of Michael Bay Transformers because of it, and yeah. that part. Just having the little kid character <laughs> and the, yeah, like the, the scrappy, like a Bumblebee-ish type robot. Right, it was like, oh, like, I'm getting flashbacks. I'm triggered. Uh, I, this definitely felt more like Transformers than Pacific Rim did, for sure. Yeah, so hopefully for Pacific Rim 3, they'll fix that. Yeah, they'll be they'll go back to King Arthur's time, and they'll find oh, out that yeah. they're all Jaegers. And yeah, giant Jaegers. The next, the, the penultimate night. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> wow. Mind blown. Uh, no, let's hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> Although, I, I'm getting a feeling, I, I don't think, I mean, this only made $290 million on a $176 million budget, which is not what studios would consider a win. Eh, so profit, I, profit. I, I find it unlikely there's going to be a third Pacific Rim anytime soon. Or it soon. may take a long ass It time. may take a, like, yeah, it's going to take another generation of people like, whoa, guys, well, I loved that movie. Oh, and it'll be a reboot. Right, of course, of course. <laughs> or unless it's not, unless it's one of those ones where it's like, you know, goes, oh, no, we're continuing the story. Oh, yeah, it's all these years later, and this character who's totally, like, was not in these is now the son of John Boyer. Well, because uh, the the end definitely uh, reeked of, like, oh, boy, here's another movie coming. Well, of course, yeah. They want, a, they want a franchise so bad they can taste it. And you, who can blame them? Um, the American studios still don't understand why giant robots and kaiju just have never taken off as well here as they have in Japan. But they're trying. Hey, uh, just don't tell that to the people making the Gundam uh, live action movie. Well, there's the Gundam. There's now they're doing a, um, of course, Godzilla 2, King of the Monsters is coming out soon. And then after that will be Godzilla versus King Kong. So. Well, what about Gundam owning ass on King Kong? I'd like to see that. Yeah, I don't think they're in the same shared, shared universe. So there's been talk for a while about, like, how could you cross over Pacific Rim with Legendary's 
universe of monsters, and I don't think it's going to happen. No, so. that'd be stupid. <laughs> uh, anyway, if you are into this sort of thing and you're like anxious to own this, they really make it worth your while to buy it. There's a shit ton of bonus features on here, most of which they're all short featurettes. But there's a lot of them. And there are. About seven minutes of deleted scenes here, uh, narrated John Boyega sequences. Um, I mean. Which are silly. They are super silly. Yeah. Because yeah. he's taking it so seriously. <laughs> uh, and there's an audio commentary by uh, the director. But yeah, I mean, they, they wanted to make it feel like, okay, maybe we can make some of that money back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, let's move on to our next movie, which is actually, I'm just going to say, movies. They have reissued all of the Mission Impossible films, and by that I mean the ones with Tom Cruise. I think there was actually a, a, a made-for-TV movie based off the original television show. At one point. Oh, yeah. But um, in 4K, Blu-ray. Now, you ask yourself, you know, I lo- what you're that play- guy. What plays that is what I want to know, because yeah. my PS4 doesn't, and no, it's a pro. It, it does not. <laughs> no, even the pro doesn't the play The pro Blu-ray? doesn't play it. Does the Xbox One play it? I don't have one. So I don't have know. one either, yeah. Uh, well, a 4K Blu-ray player connected to a 4K <laughs> television set will play it, which well, I know a surprising amount of people who have, in fact, invested in this so far. I mean, I would love to. I just, you know, hey, subscribers yeah. or non-subscribers, I'm looking at you. Yeah, what, are we made of boils over here? Come on. <laughs> anyway, so there's... Uh, what, uh, five of these already out. A sixth one is about to come out in theaters. Oh which, boy. By the way, the advanced reviews by the critics I know and saw, saw it in LA said, this may be the greatest action film I've ever seen in my entire life. Of people I like know and trust who are like, seriously, you have no idea how good this movie well, is. Well, I'm glad for them. Yeah, I just can't, I'm so excited. I can't stand it. I'm like, oh my I, God. well, you're sitting, so now you can't. Yeah, that's true. I'm so excited. I don't feel like standing. There you go. <laughs> um, but you ask yourself, okay, I'm a Mission Impossible fan. They're my white album. I rebuy them every time a new version comes out what's is this worth it to me to pick up this 4k series and the question is like do, well first off obviously do you have a, or are about to get a 4k setup and if you do at least from and i, I already admitted i don't have a 4k player so i'm going by various technical reviews i've taken a look at apparently yes this is a pretty massive fix up and the biggest upgrade a huge upgrade over the previous blu-ray editions even for the blu-ray editions that are in the set even those are better than the previous blu-ray editions that have been released of these films at least of the first three now the fourth and fifth one obviously were yeah, a they already later had, yeah if you're thinking about bonus features well everything is ported from the previous ones but the only one that you're going to get anything that's like that's actually wasn't included before is on the last one, Rogue Nation, uh, which does have a pretty significant amount of brand new bonus features added on to the stuff that was there before. Uh, like a really significant amount of new featurettes, like five part feature on stunts alone, which is like, yeah, the stunts in the last two movies, especially are kind of the most notable thing about the films. Mm-hmm. I hear that w- one of the stunts in the new one is a, like the crits, Two different people said in different ways. The single craziest, most fucked up stunt I've ever seen done in a movie. <laughs> did Did Tom Cruise actually do it? So he'd get he'd get bragging rights. I, I presume so. Yeah. I think that's kind of his thing. Uh, all right. So all that being said, let's talk for a minute about the Mission Impossible movie. Straight up, which is your favorite Mission Impossible film? Uh, I would say none of them. <laughs> You're not a fan of it. This yeah, like all? I understand. Like I just talked about how I really like a shitty movie. And my my love for uh, Fast and Furious is well known. So yeah, 
I, I like some schlock, but this kind of schlock just annoys the piss out of me. Okay. Uh, it's kind of hard for me to tamper down, like, why? But I just get an overreaching, fuck you, Tom Cruise. Okay, so uh, it's a not liking Tom Cruise is part of it. Well, part of that, but also... Uh, is there any mission they go on where the IMF isn't corrupted or turns on Ethan Hunt in any fucking know, way? That's my biggest irritation with this series. Like, every single fucking one, it's like, maybe you should go work for someone else. Hey, remember the last 90 times you guys thought uh, Ethan was, like, the bad guy and it turned out he wasn't? Maybe use that as, like, a trust bank. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, shouldn't it be called Mission Possible at this point since... So far, you've achieved all of them. Yeah, mission really hard but doable. <laughs> really hard but doable. It just doesn't have the same ring to it. <laughs> um, well, let's, you know, I, I definitely started out weak on this series because I thought the first one by Brian De Palma was actually not that great of a movie. Three I, was absolute garbage. Really? Because I like three. <laughs> See, two, I think, is the only one that's, I mean, almost unwatchably terrible. I mean, it's funny watchable because it's so, it's John Woo's entry. And yes, it's, yes. It's so yeah. absurdly over the top ridiculous that you could actually kind of have fun laughing at it. Oh, well, it, but, it was a great slice of, of history and Americana, let's be frank, of, uh, uh, Tom Cruise growing out his hair, mm-hmm. so he was into he was in that kind of like in between phase where it was just yeah. kind of weird looking. He was doing the same thing Superman was doing in the comics at that point. Where he had that kind of <laughs> sort of mullet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, I'm surprised you say that about three. I, I actually genuinely liked it. I had kind of given up after two because I thought one was mediocre, two was awful, and then three. I was like, I'm kind of shocked this wasn't bad. I didn't love it, but I was like, this isn't half bad. Well, it did give us Simon Pegg, which we yeah, we have to be thankful for. A valuable for. addition to, right. the, to, the, to the, the series. Uh, and then four, I I thought it was one of my favorite movies of the year when it came out, Ghost hmm. Protocol. I thought some of the... I just loved the way it was filmed. Uh, Brad Bird, director of The uh, uh, of the Incredibles and The Iron mm-hmm. Giant, mm-hmm. came on and did his live-action uh, debut with this film. I, I thoroughly loved it. And I, like, to a lesser extent, but still really enjoyed Rogue Nation, which is directed by Christopher McQuarrie, who's doing the next one. Um, but, you know... The upshot of all this is, hey, Mission Impossible films may not be your thing, but if they are... Then you should get the shit out of this, and yeah. the TV, and the player. Yeah, well, you, you know, you gotta buy it all at once. Support the economy, folks. There's a... Yeah, there's a... a if you are trying to upgrade, this is not one of those double dip ones. This is a solid upgrade that they took the time to make sure it was worth your while. Yeah, I will. I will say from a technical standpoint, like this, this is a substantial addition to somebody's library. Yeah, just not mine. Yeah, I mean, I already have the Blu-ray box set, and now I'm going to get rid of that and trade it in for this. So I'm like, <laughs> okay. Uh, just to throw in there as well, I just got sent Terminator 2 4K, and I know Ooh. there's even more people asking. So I that really is my white album. You're just like when every time they put out a new better version of Terminator Two or Aliens, I'm like I've got to buy it. So is is, right? is Terminator Two? Uh, if you want to live, come with me. Come with me if you want to live. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where he's the good guy. Yeah, yeah he's, he's the snuggly guy one. in the first one. Snuggly Nader. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, if you've never seen Terminator 2, come on, guys, what are you waiting on? This is like one of the all-time action classics. Yeah, you're burning time until you die, so, so watch it. Actually, asking a question in the Facebook All of Us uh, uh, group, like, what special effects movie do you remember kind of just the first time you really got your head turned around and went, holy shit, that, mm-hmm. just, that just blew your mind? And for me, it's probably Terminator 2. Okay. And then shortly after that, The Abyss, which was using basically the same fucking effect. <laughs> I, I mean, for me, it would have to be Jaws 3D, because it was the first time I saw 3D, and I was like, whoa, this is weird. What, blue and red 3D? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like kind of, sort of I was 3D. like six, so it was like, this is freaky dudes. Yeah. 
I think it's 3D only works on me for like a minute and a half, and then, and then I just yeah, stop and then you just, it. Yeah. <laughs> and then your brain does what it was designed to do. Exactly, it adjusts, and I'm like, yeah, I don't see it anymore. It just looks normal. Um, the Terminator 2 is a mixed bag of an upgrade. Okay. Um, they've upgraded, once again, the Blu-ray as well. The Blu-ray looks a lot better. Uh, it's definitely the best version yet of it, but it was personally uh, supervised by Cameron. Uh, one of the reasons it takes so long for them to get around to it is because Cameron was tinkering with it. But he brought everything to sort of flat blue. Like, he changed the tone Weird. of it, kind of, and all the everything else looks great, but faces are kind of washed out. <laughs> Um, this is once again, me getting all this from reading several technical journal reviews of it. So take what I'm saying with a grain of salt, but it is nonetheless, everyone agreed despite its problems and this should be better than it is. It's still the best version that's out there of this film so far. Since they've divorced since then, I could just see Cameron inserting, uh, like a, a farting butt over Linda Hamilton's face for the entire thing. <laughs> He's just like, no, no, this was how we originally intended to release it. Was, it. It's an artist's vision. <laughs> it's the artist's vision. Um, there is actually, believe it or not, a few extras on this thing. Um, not like a, 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 a sizable amount or anything, but um, what you're getting here... Uh, oh, God, let me see if I can look it up. Sorry, I forgot to add it on here. I can't remember. There's, there's like one extra piece that is basically everyone looking back. But isn't that the kind of thing you want? Yeah, you'd expect interviews it. with everyone going, "Oh yeah, hey, yeah." This is what, in fact, it's over there. We grab it. It's right on that big st- one of those stacks. There you go. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited just to have it because I'm like one of those. I want to see Eddie Furlong go. Hey guys, remember I was the crow, right? But I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm excited to when I do get a 4K TV. This is going to be one of the first things you watch on it. Oh, is that 4K only or does it? No, no. no, Right now, the same way they were doing. Remember when Blu-ray first came out? Yeah, always would have a DVD. Like they still do that a lot, but it was like across the board. Mm -hmm. And pretty much now with 4K, they pretty much all have Blu-ray and then a digital version. Well, it's no ultraviolet. (laughs) But also, I didn't have a digital version of this, so now I'm like, sweet. Now I got a a digital version. You got it all. Upload to my account. Very sweet, Terminator. Is uh, Terminator 2, one of the greats. All right, let's move on to a very different style of film, although still, I would say, decidedly a thriller, and that's the movie In Syria, or its original title. I'm not sure why they changed it when they uh, brought it to America, In Syriated, which is, does not sound like a great title. For yeah, me, no. It's, um, mm. uh, this is a Belgian film uh, dropped by F- uh, Felipe Van Liu. Liu? I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, who uh, would got a lot of uh, uh, kudos for this thing, nominated for um, uh, six awards at the 8th Magritte Awards, uh, which are the Belgian Oscars, basically. I mean, the seventh was the best, but let's be, let's be <laughs> well, honest. It won all six awards, tying the award for most amount of records ever won uh, there, alongside Mr. Nobody, which was not that great a film. So What? Really? Yeah, I was like, huh. that's weird. But it won Best Film and Best Director. Uh, the story here follows a family that is living in a, uh, a apartment in a not great area of Syria, which is to say... Most of Syria. Most of Syria. I mean, it's been in constant war. Oh, and by the way, what, 40 years or something? By the way, our bad. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> right? Oh, is that the name of a, a town in Syria? No. Auerbad? It, it was. <laughs> it was. It's not there anymore. This is very insensitive. I apologize. But we're, we can't. Well, this, this movie doesn't hold back any punches as far as like inhumane, uh, conditions. No. So. <laughs> they're in, they're literally the last people living in their apartment building. Everyone else has run away. There's constant snipers and bombs going off and they're just, this family who's living there, including like uh, like another uh, a, a young girl who was brought in uh, along with her fiance, who was was a neighbor, they're terrified uh, mm-hmm. and they don't really know what to do. And they keep their door double barred because there's people who come by and try bandits. To do, there's bandits, yeah, bandits. Uh, and so in the morning one day, the the uh, fiance is like, okay, I got to go out because I found us a way out. Him and his fiance said, we're going to get out and. Uh, I got to go meet up with the guy to get the, you know, our, get, the, the, get the papers. The thing with the thing. Yeah. And the maid watches him go out and watches a sniper bullet hit him and him fall with just his legs revealed and stop moving. Mm-hmm. And she's like, fuck, what do I do? Uh, and so a lot of this movie is the mom, who's really the main character here, who's the person she tells, she's like, don't tell anyone else. We're like, we can't do anything. We can't go get his body till it's dark. And if we tell his fiance, she's going to want to go out right away and then she'll just get shot. So yeah. what's the point of that? And we watch this day go by as things just get shittier and shittier for yep. this family. This is a fucking intensely disturbing little film. Yeah. Uh, I was not in the right headspace to watch this movie when I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just kind of. For for somebody who who thinks that stories like this should be told and 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 the wrongs of the world should be exposed, at the at that point I was like I don't need this. There's no there's no plot. There's nothing really going on here. It's just documenting a horrific existence. It's it's it's. I mean, there's it's more of a setting than a plot. But yeah, it's kind of like here's what's happening. Here are the characters. Yeah. They're fucked. Let's watch and see what happens. Yeah. So at the time, I it's not that I didn't appreciate it. It's just like. Oh god damn it! I don't need this right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm feeling very stressed. My uh, boils are bu- close to yeah, bursting. my boils on boils. Uh, but yeah, no, it's a it's a good movie. I just I think if you're not in a a, a place to receive the message that's being given, then you could, you should just skip this movie. <laughs> uh, okay, I mean, like for me, I felt like this was not even you can t- you can watch this in a completely political sort of view, or you can watch it just as almost kind of a horror thriller. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of not knowing a heck of a lot about the the particulars of the Syrian situation, just kind of what was watching it as a horror thriller and, and enjoyed it on that level. Yeah, no, I was watching it more more as like, oh, this this is a condition that, that exists right now and has existed for a very long time. Long it is going to time. keep existing and... Yeah, and we're on the Sucks wrong to be side, you. I think, too. <laughs> as near as I can tell, I think we're on the wrong side. Uh, of it. I'm not bit, enti- yeah. But I think it changes from time to time. There's there's something like eight different groups involved. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know? it's a hodgepodge. It's, it really is kind of a mess over there. Uh, anyway, so, yeah. So, mixed reviews on that one from us. I really liked it. Joe was like, yeah, it's okay. Uh, one, I can tell you right now, I just... All right, so I do have a crush on lead actor Zoe, Zoe Deutsch. Uh, I... There's something about her. She's one of those people. She's not in a lot of good movies, generally speaking, with the exception of, like, Everybody Wants Some. But, like, oh, yeah, and Beautiful Creatures, which nobody saw. But I mean, she's always in shitty movies. But there's just she's got that I do not, I je ne sais quoi, that I'm like, I just 
like her. And that's the main <laughs> reason I wanted to see this film that had admittedly been doing quite well on the indie circuit from director Max Winkler. Who is, is he the Fonz's son? Uh, he looks just like Henry Winkler, doesn't he? Isn't his, Does. yeah, his dad is Henry Winkler. There you go. Hey. Good Lord. If they decide to do a Happy Days reboot, this is the guy. <laughs> just, hey. And Bryce Dallas Howard as Richie. You know when he wants to start rolling, he doesn't say action. He just hits the camera with his elbow. It worked. <laughs> it's out of frame, but it works. Uh, he made Ceremony in 2010 with Michael Angarano and Uma Thurman that was apparently quite popular. I don't think I saw it, but you know. Anyway, uh, uh, Zoe plays Erica. When we meet her, she is giving a blowjob to a cop for money, and then it turns out her friends are standing there filming it. It was like, yeah, the real money is where you give me all of yours, so I don't give this to the other cops. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently this is the thing they do, which they justify by saying, hey, this is the one way for sure we can bust all the pedophiles in our neighborhood by giving them underage blowjobs, which yeah. right off the bat, I was like, that's super creepy and I'm uncomfortable with this film. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable with where this movie wants to take me. Um, but she is, her life has changed when she is her, her, uh, mom, Catherine Hahn has a new boyfriend, Tim Heidecker, and he brings in his young son, uh, named Luke, who is a total mess. Yeah. He's just, he's, he's, yeah. He's nerd <laughs> times a billion, right? Well, like, he's a, he's the ultimate schlump. Yeah. He, he is, um, he was in rehabilitation, a hospital for drug abuse and neuroticism. I didn't know you could be in rehabilitation for neuroticism. I thought it was just called. Reddit. Um, <laughs> I owe hot takes. But yeah, he's a quiet, obviously kind of seething, like nerdy, overweight, unpleasant looking kid. Yeah. Who she starts off by kind of tormenting a bit, but starts to feel bad for him. And it's kind of about like them finding a weird sort of connection. But even then it keeps doing really awkward stuff along the way. And I'm like, you filmmakers know how fucked up Erica is, right? You, you do get that she's not like like a manic pixie dream girl. She's someone who need, desperately needs help. Oh yeah, yeah. She's extremely fucked up, and and the kids also extremely fucked up. The parents, I think they tried to pull off as extremely fucked up, but mm-hmm. that didn't really play as much. Yeah, and then they're like, they decide that because he's like, oh, this guy who was my old teacher, uh, played by Adam Scott, he uh, abused me. And they're like, oh, well, we're going to totally fuck this guy over. We're going to set it all up. And, of course, the way they do, by making him think that she wants to fuck him. And which, which at least there's a little nuance because she did kind of want <laughs> You know. But a little bit. Just a little, a little bit. bit. A little bit. Just, just some, just some But that goes in such a weird, creepy place. I was like, what the fuck, movie? <laughs> I don't know. I This is just one of those ones. It's like, I don't see what you're doing. But it all feels kind of distasteful. Mm. And maybe I'm being too much. I don't know. Maybe I'm. Yeah, uh, we are snob. just like on opposite levels. Yeah. Because you really enjoyed this? Yeah. I, I thought it was. Uh, okay. This is going to sound weird. Cute. Okay. I thought it was, it was a cute little uh, not coming of age, not really coming to terms with anything, but it, it, at least being able to make some progress in. Well, except for one character, everybody's lives. They're able to make just a little bit of progress, which sometimes just makes the world a difference. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely kind of has that sort of like everybody's fucked up and sometimes it takes two fucked up people to make each other feel just a little bit better. Yeah. In this fucked up world, there's fucks. I kind of wanted like 
they felt like there should be more comeuppance for assholery here, and there just wasn't. <laughs> that's yeah. The, the 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 ultimate resolutions at the end were just kind of like, oh well, that's nice. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's it. Seriously, I don't know. Um, Flower once again, mixed reviews. I didn't t- particularly care for it. Joe really liked it. So, you know, make up your own mind. Uh, next up is what is considered a cult classic, the 1966 film King of Hearts. I first heard of this because I had a manager I worked with for years in the bar business mm-hmm. who this was his favorite movie of all time. And I was like, okay. And it was almost impossible to track down at that point. He lived in Europe, which is why he got to see it. It's much more popular over there. It's a French film. So uh, there's one of those things that you know, literally would play midnight movie type stuff. You would be like, mm. oh, yeah, we're going to go see King of Hearts again. In fact, it was going to be a big Broadway musical at one point, and that never actually uh, just kind of fell through at one point. Good. But, the world doesn't need another musical. <laughs> I disagree. But uh, directed by Filippi de Broca, who did The Man from Rio and The Man from Acapulco series, um, uh, who has worked, did six films with the classic John Paul Belmondo, of course, who's a legendary French actor. But the plot here is set in a small town of France. It's near the end of World War One. Basically, the German army is retreating and they're setting booby traps in the small French towns that they're vacating. Uh, and this small town in question, they've set it up so that when the, the clock hits the certain hour, the whole town goes kablooey. Bing and they're hoping that by that point, the British troops will have already moved in to the town uh, and they will all die. So the British troops send in one of their Scottish contingents, uh, <laughs> yes. uh, 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 Jacques Balotin. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jacques Balotin, who... Uh, um, no, is that right? Did I get it wrong? No, I'm sorry. I did get it wrong. Alan Bates. That, that's stupid because I know I know that. Alan Bates is another big French actor. But anyway, they send him in uh, and he basically discovers that the uh, entire town is filled with nothing but insane people because the doors were left open, uh, open when he was like first went in when the Germans were still there and was trying to escape the uh, like notice of the Nazis and pretended to be a crazy person. Like you do. Yeah. Uh, and now the, the same people have just taken over the whole town. Now, if this was an American film made now, it would be a horror movie, right? But now <laughs> it's a charming thing about how incredibly wonderful it is to be a crazy person. Uh, and it's that, quaint sixties sort of way. Yeah. That's not a wrong assessment. I mean, I guess it could be this way. Maybe I mean, it's, this way it's the bad crazy. Yeah. Well, that's like, what I'm saying. Nobody know, pulls Satan's in my taco, you know, like yeah. that's bad crazy. Well, I mean, it's not bad as long as you eat the taco immediately. Yeah, but then you're eating Satan. Yeah, but then Have Satan you ever died. Satan, Chris? It's not Have you? Uh, you know, I live in Texas, so yes. Yeah. <laughs> A yeah. few times. I've been to that taco. Stand. The Four Horsemen Burger. I gotcha. <laughs> um, and the thing is, like, when he's faking around among them, like, he's a crazy person. He calls himself the King of Hearts because they happen to be playing cards at that time. Just pops in his head. So they all decide he's the king. He's the damn king. Yeah. That's and what so it is. they're like, yeah. And so it's all this series of things where they're making him wear outfits. And at the same time, there's a the weird meet that would never work today. A meet cute between him and one of the crazy people. One of the hot crazy people. Yeah, the, the super ridiculously hot crazy person played by Genevieve Bujold. I mean... I don't know if I've ever seen a film with a young Bujold, but holy shit, <laughs> she's like like Audrey Hepburn levels of hot for this. Yeah, movie. it's one of those like, oh, you're you're actually definitively hot. But God you're like, it. dude is actually chasing that, and you're like, you you do get she's mentally incompetent. He's right? like, yeah, that's part of the charm. <laughs> well, much like the idea that everyone in an insane asylum would just be charming and wonderful and full of whimsy, <laughs> so is the idea that there would be anything possibly wrong with doing that at all if it meant love. <laughs> but, 
But this, I found this a really fun movie. I don't think it's quite up to the level of all-time cult classic that a lot of people hold it to. But yeah. I, I did genuinely. This is my second time seeing it, and I de- definitely enjoyed watching it. Oh, well, here we go again. And I was just like... Yeah. No whimsy for Joe. Yeah, this is quaint. Is that, yeah, it's cute as fuck. Whatever. No, no, <laughs> you were not in the headspace for this one? No. I, actually, actually I, I was thinking, like, man, I'd rather watch Valerian again. Oh, God, no. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, I'd rather watch anything on Valerian route than watch Valerian. Well, well may, maybe me and Johnny Neal can, can, can watch it and he can uh, cook up some barbecue that I missed. <laughs> Did he like Valerian? Is that yeah, like, he loved it. Did he really? Yeah, he was super into you it. You never can tell what that guy's going to love and what he's not. It's just a <laughs> toss of the dice and you're like, uh, I, I love Johnny. He's one of my favorite human beings on the planet. And he comes to me and goes, do you just think that like it's weird how... Like strange Martin's opinions about films and TV has become, and I almost laugh out loud because I'm like, we literally just had this conversation about, about you. <laughs> God love him. Um, so this is a, a reissue. I believe it's the first time it's been put out on Blu-ray. I'm not a thousand percent sure on that, um, but regardless, totally worth owning on Blu-ray. Uh, there's a feature-length audio commentary here. Uh, there is a new conversation between Genevieve Bujold and a uh, writer from IndieWire, Ann Thompson, which just kind of a sit-down for 15 minutes, who is definitely having fun during the interview, which is That's always nice good. to see. There's a new interview with the cinematographer for about 25 minutes, uh, and then the re-release trailers, because apparently this did get a theatrical re-release in France oh, okay. for this edition, So, which is kind of cool. I mean, like I said, they love the shit out of, out of this movie over there. We're going to finish things off with a movie that I did get to review on uh, the... Uh, uh, highly suspect reviews, but I was actually glad to revisit because it was one of those, as I was watching it the first time, it was one of those, the day was just filled with fucking distractions. I kept having mm-hmm. to pause it and get up and do shit. Ah. Uh, so I was glad to sit down and just straight up watch The Death of Stalin, which is the new film uh, written and directed by Armando Inanucci, who uh, you guys probably know best from Veep. He was creator and showrunner of that, but also went on with like doing Alan Partridge, Partridge shows. Uh, he did uh, In the Loop and then the follow-up movie they did from that. Uh, I'm a big fan of his writing. Uh, he's definitely one of the, pre- I think, one of the premier sort of comedy satirists working today. He's one of my favorite comedy TV shows of all time now. The Death of Stalin, even though it is certainly his kind of satire, at points gets so fucking dark and it's all part of that. It's like you got to stomach how dark it really is because yeah. it's about the banal. Its joke is the banality of evil. That evil is right, not yeah, Darth yeah. Vader. Evil is a bunch of like fat guys, like making bad jokes uh, who are probably impotent. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then you know, like uh, forming another like kill list or yeah, like, oh, I, could, I could I could go for some torture. Sure. You know what? Torture sounds good today. Yeah. Can I get a side of a macaroni salad yeah, and, and a muffin? Uh, it's as the title Joseph Stalin dies unexpectedly and we get to see him for a little bit here before he dies and it's his cabinet scrambling to try and figure out what's going to happen next uh, and how to deal with it with people like Steve Buscemi uh, um, uh, Patty Considine Rupert Friend uh, Michael Palin Jeffrey Tambor uh, and 
most notably, who he doesn't come into it till the third act, but I thought by far the funniest part of this whole movie was Jason, uh, Jason Isaacs, who plays mm. this sort of like heavily decorated general, yeah. who's a riot when he comes in. Uh, as, as well as like, like when Stalin's son and daughter show up, they're both thoroughly fucked up. Right, yeah, the son's just like a total bro dickbag. Yeah, and conspiracy theorist, insane person, and she's like just totally neurotic. <laughs> and there's that point where they're just like, you do realize that your dad is dead, and if you don't shut your fucking mouth, we're going to put a bullet in your head and just go, we don't know what happened to you. <laughs> <laughs> Glorious leader said no. Um, I, I actually did find this funny. I found it funnier the second time because there's a certain degree of shock that comes with just watching how, like, I mean, they're just, people are, I mean, it was like, you know, it's, it's the end of Stalin's world. People are being executed all over the place, and this movie treats it with a sort of like, yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, because that was exactly how they were acting about it. This is following these government officials. You don't think they were going home and crying themselves to sleep? They're yeah. pieces of shit. I mean, it's, it's pretty infamous that uh, uh, the equivalent of, of Photoshop back then, like there was a, a, a picture of Stalin with uh, a lot of his cabinet and, and other people in the government. And as he had them killed, he had them removed from the photo. No shit. Until, until it was just like him and like three other people. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just... Once again, I was, mixed again. I was in a I was in a weird space where I was just like, yeah, the, the, oh, that's clever. Yeah, that's oh, oh, Jeffrey Tambor is playing the uh, mumbling, bumbling idiot again. Well, that's that's fresh and innovative. I, I will agree with you to some degree. I as much as Veep is laugh out loud funny for me, this was just kind of chuckle funny, and I don't think he meant for it to be as laugh out loud funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's definitely a, a, cert, a certain amount of comparison to, say, ours or any other government with the inefficiency of bureaucracy, how these are just people who are filled with flaws and are lying all the time to cover their own asses. I mean, I just didn't think it was maybe as artfully done as some of the other works I've seen by him yeah. or as efficient yeah, at yeah. getting the yucks, as it were. But I did really enjoy it. Yeah, well, I- <laughs> constantly having people uh, doing ridiculous things just so that uh, they aren't killed. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's pretty much the entire thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're all falling over each other backwards because, first off, nobody really wants to piss anybody off too bad because it's unclear who's going to become the next leader. Yeah. Uh, and, two, there's a period where they're not even sure Stalin's actually dead. And so everybody's falling over themselves to act sad when they all couldn't stand the bastard. Right, because he's he was a, he was a monster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, I mean, when the movie starts, two of them have literally just been put on a kill list. Yes, and just because he died, they're like, oh, guess what? No kill list. Oops, doodles. The one guy who actually, even though he's the biggest bastard of them all in some ways, but the one guy who's like, if you guys would just shut the fuck up and do what I say. We'll all get out of this, like, scot-free, and, like, we'll re- start releasing people from prison, and it'll all be good. Just stop fucking being such neurotic jerks is the one guy who ultimately ends up being killed by all the rest of the guys who <laughs> gag up on him. And you're like, yep, that's probably how it works. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so for you guys who uh, were either looking forward to seeing this and buying it or already saw it and want to own it, there's only two bonus features. There's a clip-heavy featurette. You know what that means. It means 11 minutes of just over half of it is clips from the movie you just saw. Uh, and then there's a reel of deleted scenes for 11 minutes, which is fun because basically it's just, it's, it's like Linorama from Judd Apatow extras. It's like, here's all the stuff they improv we didn't use, ah. <laughs> which is always fun to see. Well, that is it for this week's digital noise. I want to thank you again, Joe, for joining. Hey, me. thanks for having me. I was thinking I would call this episode boiling point. There we go. Yeah, that works. Like that? 
Yeah. yeah. It was either going to be that or something about how we didn't agree on anything. <laughs> I like boiling point better. <laughs>